0: Today on this episode of Sword Suits and Sabers, we talked to Simon Tam of the Slants. He was really humble and awesome to talk to, and I'm so grateful he came on and talked to this little podcast about anything and everything. Let's get. Adventure.
1: I'm Batman.
2: <laughs>
0: what War is easier than daughters.
2: Hey, Jedi, I not these things. This town needs an enema.
1: You
0: with hey Simon, how are you doing today and welcome to Sword Suits and Sabres. I was stoked when he said yes to the interview. You're the first person we've got a chance to actually like interview on the podcast. I'm stoked. Oh. So much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Um Let's talk about the early years, like the Stivs and other bands you played with. When you were when you joined the rest of the guys in the Stivs, was it a solid fit? I know they broke up not long afterwards. I think 2007 is when they broke up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was nice that I was friends with everybody in the band before I joined. So with the Stivs, I was actually already working as a promoter and doing a bunch of stuff in the music industry in Southern California. So whenever the band came through town, um, I was happy to book them shows and hook them up with places to stay and that sort of thing. I even flew out to Portland, Oregon uh, when they played uh, the Tom Festival uh, so that I could do photos for them as well because some of my pictures ended up on one of their albums called The Beat is Loose. And so when I had the chance to join, I, I... i was already hinting at it for a long time i was like hey you know what make your band better is if i was in it <laughs> so so it was pretty exciting to to do that i i dropped out of college moved across the country and and joined it and um you know there was a, it was a bit of a transition because when i joined there was a different lineup and we had to look for a new drummer and that sort of thing but all in all it, it was a lot of fun i i look back very fondly on my days there um though I know in the last few months I was getting really frustrated because I didn't feel like the guys were taking it quite as seriously as me, especially since I did drop everything in order to you know, move across the country to join this band. Uh, I wanted to really kind of push the, the band towards a more professional level, and some of the guys just had different goals. They, they wanted to have more fun, and so we kind of parted our ways, and especially since I already had a goal and a new idea for a new band, which eventually would become The Slants. So um, I guess I was in the band for about two, two years before I left.
0: Yeah, I saw that they're back, and I messaged Cliffy and was like, hey, what's up, man? I saw you got the Stivs back together, and he's like, lineup, same sound, everything. And he's like, I love it. It's great. And I'm happy <laughs> for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still playing in the. He said hi, well. by the way. So, oh, right on. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's nice. I'm still friends with all the guys uh, that I toured with, and we're in like a text message group chain or something like that. So, like, I still talk with them from time to time. Um, it's just kind of, you know, we each had our different careers, and we we each kind of took a different path. So, um, so it's it's great to see that the that. Cliffy's still playing the songs from the uh, from Stivs, especially since, you know, I put a lot of sweat equity into those years.
0: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see you guys when you played with the Stivs. Kind of sucks. Kind of want to watch that one.
1: I, I I think there's a couple of um, videos out and around, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I wish we could have done more, but, you know, it, it, it was what it was.
0: Yeah, but if you guys would have still been with the stivs, you wouldn't have created the slants. So it was kind of a a little hint at, hey, do this one instead. Get the the slants going.
1: Sure. I mean, there's no Uh, doubt with the the slants that it kind of became the the defining band for for my music career for
0: sure. uh, What are you guys doing with the slants right now?
1: Um, well, we just released a self-titled EP a few months ago. Um, I'm going to be hitting the road here in about two weeks, and basically we'll be on tour until the end of November. Um, I've spent, you know, probably about five months out of this year on tour already, so I'm kind of like in between um, road trips at the moment. Uh, after this, we'll be releasing one more album, which is going to be kind of a collaboration with artists around the country. Uh, But I'm retiring from the band this fall, so it's been like a really, really good run. I've been in it for 13 years, but I'm kind of like ready to move on. Um, That being said, our band started a nonprofit organization, so we're kind of providing scholarships and mentoring to other artists, and that's really exciting. And we're also composing music for a forthcoming musical that's inspired by my life and in our journey to the Supreme Court. So it's not like... I'm totally stepping away from all things Slants related. We're still doing work, we we just aren't gonna be doing the
0: traditional touring
1: rock and roll band thing anymore.
0: Ah, What made you wanna start an all Asian dance rock band?
1: For me, it was about representation. Um, You know, when I moved to Portland, I felt really, really lonely because I felt like there were people who just couldn't relate to me. Uh, There was no one who kinda spoke my first few languages I miss the food, I miss seeing people who look like me. And and I think because of that I, I decided I wanted to provide this kind of bold portrayal of Asian American culture. I thought, you know, we don't we don't see Asian American acts out there really. Why not why not be one of those bands? It, it could be kind of a, a fun project to, to kind of really define who we are and also really to like stand out in the in this like really crowded field of, of musicians too and it turned out to be you know probably the greatest decision I I could have made in my music career because I just met up some incredible people over the years and and the band really took off for a long time and of course we ran into a bit of trouble when we had to fight the government on some things but but like just that energy this idea of like hey I want to be seen and I want other people to see that we exist that we're not just like the the random token Asian guy on stage, but that we're still American, that we can still play. Uh, that, that that idea was really important to me.
0: Yeah. I love the band. its I've been blasting the music all during work.
1: <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Everybody's getting tired of it. I'm betting. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Um, what was your favorite record you put out in... With the slants and what was the most fun song recording?
1: I think it's kind of different. I mean, right now, I, I'm, because the the EP we just released is so fresh, that's probably my favorite one. I think production wise, it's it's the got the biggest sound, and um, you know a lot of the songs that are like really close to me. Um, you know, in the early albums, I had a different lead singer, and he was kind of a stickler for not singing the lyrics written by other people whereas on this uh on this last album i I wrote half the songs so i kind of a different personal attachment to them uh, because i was able to kind of offer up more insight and more of my own personal experience um but as far as like a full-length album i would say probably that first one slanted eyes slanted hearts that like is is really special on a personal level because that that was the first one and, and it was when we were just so young, full of energy and and ambition. Uh you know, that that album was recorded in my garage, which I just nicknamed the House of the Rising Sun Studio. So, like it was just a lot of fun because um I think because we didn't have any limits. We didn't we were just like let's just put out this album. And, you know, every day I'd go into the garage and tinker on it a bit more, add a bunch more guitar tracks. It it was just really, really fun to see it come to life.
0: Uh, What's your guys' inspiration for different records? I see hints of Kill Bill and Bruce Lee in the Yellow Album.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, certainly with the artwork of uh, the Yellow Album, it was largely inspired by Kill Bill. And that's because, you know, Kill Bill was such a, cool movie to me I mean it it was one of the main inspirations for starting this band as far as our music goes it's a lot of uh thrown back to 80s synth pop so New Order, Depeche Mode, The Cure have been huge influences Uh, but we also take kind of like a modern rock and roll approach to it so uh, with some albums like pageantry there's more of a rock uh, punk kind of spin to it uh, kind of paying nod to groups like The Ramones and on other records, we have kind of a little more of a modern synth-pop kind of sound. Uh, but most of it stays in the lane of, of 80s or 80s-derived kind of music.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One of my co-workers came past, and I was listening to Level Up, and he was like, you listen to some weird-ass music. And I was like, what? You don't like that? And he was like, no. <laughs> I'm, I just I like Level Up. That song's... I think the
1: best one. Well, thank you. Uh, L- level up was definitely a fun track to work on. Um, it, it's one of the cheerier songs I wrote when I was in the midst of going through like a really really tough time and uh, fighting the government. We were also kind of transitioning from my longtime drummer who'd been with me for eight and a half years to um, to recruiting a new drummer. So during that time period, I was just experimenting a lot on keyboards and and kind of playing with sounds. And that's kind of how that one came about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, if people don't like it, that's, that's cool. Plenty of music out there for, for people with
0: bad taste. That's fine. <laughs> Who's all on the slants right now? I still have a promo picture of you guys. When you first started, it's all signed and everything.
1: Right now, uh, it's me. I'm the only original member left. Uh, Joe Jang, he's my guitarist, and Ken Shima, he's the, the lead singer. Um, ever since we, we lost our drummer in 2017, we, we kind of been just hiring ad hoc musicians as we went along. But this year, um, Tyler Chen, that, that kind of longtime drummer who'd been touring with me for a very, very long time, he's, he's been kind of back and forth on shows with us, and then he'll be playing our final shows in Seattle and Portland in, in November.
0: Yeah, I saw you guys post the, the last con that you're going to play at, and I was kind of sad because I haven't got to see you guys play live. I know you're going to be in Kansas City uh, here soon. I don't know when.
1: Yeah, I'll have to look to, it up. I'm but i was trying to make
0: like, work hmm. for, for
1: October. Um, I was just there in August uh, speaking and performing at the uh, National Association of Asian American Professionals. I was doing their, their keynote um, but I'm hoping to be back this October if we can swing it. Otherwise, it, it might not be able to happen this time around.
0: What's the most memorable thing that's happened playing with the slants?
1: I mean, if, aside from like going to the U.S. Supreme Court, <laughs> um, I would say probably playing the very, very first anime convention has been was like a really huge moment. You know, this is in 2007, and I, I remember going to one of those conventions and seeing thousands of, geek, like, geeky white kids and thinking, wow, like, they're really into Asian pop culture. I, I need to book a band here. And everyone thought I was crazy. They were like, why would you ever play an anime convention? But the first time we played, and this was only the third show we've ever played as a band, so if you keep that in mind, like, we walk out into a, a stage with a huge room like a huge ballroom and it's just jam-packed with kids like maybe a thousand kids and they're like all dressed in costumes and they're just screaming at the top of their lungs jumping up and down it was surreal like for that to be probably the biggest show i've ever played in my life up to that point uh and, and the band just barely having an album out like it, i think we finished the, the record and had it in our hands just a day or two before I mean that was a pretty pretty big moment it, it just kind of affirmed that hey what i'm doing here is right that people are hungry for this and that there's a really really good market for it and that anime conventions are like can be a really cool experience so um it was just really fun and exciting i mean it was really kind of weird because i was looking out in the audience and and all these kids were singing along, and I was like, I don't know what they're singing to because they've never heard our music before. <laughs> like, you know, the <laughs> album wasn't out yet. But uh, but they were at least trying to sing along. And that weekend, we, we sold like a 1,000 records just from that one show. So it um, turned out to be a really, really good idea to play these kinds of conventions, uh, at least back then.
0: Yeah, my sister, she went to a con here in Peoria a few years back. got Got to see Johnny on Bosh. He played Adam from Power Rangers and Ichigo and Bleach, and yeah, he's the lead singer of the band of Shine. Yeah, I've like,
1: done a couple of shows with iShine Shine over the years, uh, you know, in, in Texas and California. Like, inevitably, a lot of the the bands that get booked at this uh, at these kinds of things just end up playing the like similar shows with each other.
0: How is Johnny? Is he like fun-loving and bouncy? Like
1: <laughs> He's not as bouncy as you'd think. He's he's actually pretty quiet and reserved uh, when he's not on stage. Um, it, it depends. I've had different interactions with him over the years. The, the first time, probably not the most positive thing. Uh, but over the years, as we've gotten to know him and, and his band, it's it's been pretty cool. Um, you know, one time when we were out here in Tennessee, we were doing a convention at Pigeon Forge which is, like, where Dollywood and all this stuff is. Uh, but, you know, we end up doing a bunch of fun stuff, like going on go-kart racing and and, and just, like, exploring the town. So so that's been cool. And, and just seeing him over the years and seeing how um, he's been able to, like, mature as a guitarist and a, as a vocalist has has been kind of cool, too. Uh,
0: was this always in the karts, you playing music and kicking ass or did you have other ideas you wanted
1: to do i mean for as long as i could remember all i wanted to do was play music like my parents have home videos of me as a kid i think i'm like three or four years old where i'll grab my dad's acoustic guitar jump up on a coffee table and just start screaming and pretending to play the thing so like before i could even speak i was already trying to like pretend to be a rock star (laughs) and i guess you know, I'm still trying to play pretend, but, um, but it, it's all I ever wanted. Ever since I was little, like as long as I can remember, I was like, this is this is exact. This is like my
0: calling. What was it like going to D- DC and presenting your case to the federal government on the trademark for the slants to keep the name?
1: I mean, it was a really surreal experience. I wasn't the one actually presenting the arguments, so like there was that part of it um like i felt a little bit disconnected from the case even though it literally had my name on it um but that being said it was really fun and interesting and exciting and frustrating like all at the same time because i'm I'm watching the the arguments go down and you have all these supreme court justices you have the highest ranking attorney in the u.s all like talking about me talking about my band and and kind of claiming we're racist but The only thing they had to go off of was urbandictionary.com, like a wiki joke website. So that part was like really frustrating. But seeing this uh, like kind of tides turn during the arguments and seeing how people realize how important it was to protect freedom of speech and how our band could represent something beyond what the trademark office was saying we were um, was really empowering. It, It just was really cool to see that happen.
0: Yeah, I kept trying to follow it and, and keep up with it, but I couldn't keep up with it with work and everything else. But,
1: yeah, I mean it was <laughs> well. The case itself spanned eight years, so it, there's there's that. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, you know, we were in D.C. twice before, uh, actually three times before three different courts, and you know, it's just a long, drawn out process, and oftentimes when people do read uh, read up about it they just read news headlines which don't really kind of talk about the nuance they don't talk about the stories behind the case which uh, you know I find a little bit frustrating because I was trying to explain to people like hey there's a lot more to this than than what's in the news this isn't just about you know a so-called racist band it's not just about um, football teams and mascots It's, it's about a much bigger issue at hand and just trying to get that point across can can be tough at times it's one of the reasons why I eventually um, this year published a memoir about it because I was like I want to make sure that that full story is captured and shared
0: yeah it has it how it should be instead of just like people searching on the websites and finding what the government's saying I read that little uh, wiki part about the government using that
2: yeah, as their it, little basis it's for just like their weird.
0: argument and i'm like yeah like we're not like that it's i don't know <laughs> I this mean, world like, is gone
1: imagine awful. if you were like trying to like submit a homework insi- assignment in, in a classroom if you used urbandictionary.com as your evidence th- you'd get enough you'd get laughed at like no one would take you seriously but that's what the government was doing. They're saying, you know what? It doesn't matter if you've had dictionary experts and all of these community organizations and surveys. We're gonna go off of this joke website because we think we know better than you. And it also really kind of just goes to show that you can't give your power to somebody else. You can't expect someone who's not you to make decisions for your behalf. I, I, I think too many people think, well, we need we need the government to protect us. But the First Amendment reminds us that we need to be protected from the government. Like, when the people in power disagree with you, that could put you in a really bad spot if if you give them too much power.
0: Yeah, like how the government's doing right now with everything. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really chaotic time right now. I, yeah, especially with Trump tweeting every five minutes. <laughs> I...
1: Yeah, I don't follow him on, on Twitter, so uh, maybe my Twitter feed is a little <laughs> nicer.
0: Yeah, I don't follow him either. I decided to tweet him one night, and I was like, hey, have you went in the Area 51 like the other presidents? And my fiance was mad. She was like, do not do that. You're going to get put on a list. FBI is going to come to the house. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, shit. So I deleted the Twitter account and everything and i was like yep i'm not doing that anymore wow <laughs> yeah i don't know he, i just wish the united states would get back to how it was back in like the early 80s 90s laid-back government not
1: uptight yeah i think worrying about little, everything that's gonna Anything be pretty else? tough I, I think people are just struggling to to get more power and uh you know it's it's hard to like un- to, to kind of repack that box like once it's been opened up. So I think what we can do now is is, is try and uh, take what we do have and, and, and make it better. And that was you know one of those big reasons for me like choosing to fight my case for for so long, even though it was so expensive and exhausting, I was like, I found an old bit of law. I mean it was from 1939, the Jim Crow era. And I saw how the law was being used to try and silence political peop- uh, opponents, uh, to silence people who did things that the government didn't quite agree with. And I was like, no, like we we got to get rid of this thing. We, somebody, somebody needs to pay attention to what's happening here. And I think if we do more of that, then we can actually make some progress and actually make improvements on this thing.
0: Yeah, but the normal person isn't going to take that much time into looking into everything which kind of
1: sucks. yeah i it's uh you know it's one of the reasons why i i'm trying to encourage people to actually be a bit more engaged to be a bit more informed like hey like do some homework because it, it does impact your community it does impact your home and your city like at the very least, like even if you don't care about who's president, like pay attention to what's happening with your city council because those laws do, do affect how you're able to live your life.
0: Yeah, I've been starting to look into that here in Gillsburg, with our city officials and all the government officials and everything we're voting in. If I don't like them, like, say they're doing something that's crooked, I'm voting you out.
1: Yeah, I mean, or if you don't, that's how it should
0: be. Like, yeah, and I think people are just voting for certain people just to get hand up. and it's like, no, that's not how it works. You actually have to work for something, not just sit there and have the government hand it to you all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, or, or people are voting because of a an issue that that person probably won't even be able to control or change, or. Or they vote because of party lines, and I'm like, you know, we need to get rid of all that. Just like, do some homework, figure out like what it is you want to, s- like what what you want to see out of your government, and then actually do things that like hold people accountable for it.
0: Do You watch much TV or movies? If so, what are some of your favorites?
1: Uh, I don't watch a whole lot of TV anymore these days. Uh, you know, I'm on the road a whole lot, so. Um, it, it's tough to keep up with things, but one of my favorite things to watch when I'm just like relaxing at night in a hotel is, is watching shark tank. <laughs> like, uh, I love like business ideas and to see how people approach problem solving. Um, plus I, I think it's really funny when people like have a tough time, like representing their ideas. Um, so it, it's kind of a good practice for me cause I'm always thinking of like some kind of new scheme or. Or like product or something to invent, so that that's uh, you know it's kind of there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I follow a couple of shows via Amazon Prime and, and Netflix from time to time, but uh, I just haven't watched a whole lot of TV uh, probably in the, this year. You watch
0: Stranger Things at all?
1: Oh well, there's always time for Stranger Things because it's awesome. I mean, that's like, <laughs> like my childhood right there like it just echoes all of um uh, you know early stephen king and et uh, all those kind of adventure movies i just really love the vibe of it and the soundtrack is unbelievable too
0: yeah i downloaded the soundtrack a while back on spotify and was blasting at work and they had the uh what was it the never ending story song where it was done and this <laughs> girlfriend singing. <laughs> And they took it off for some reason. I don't know why, but I was kind of upset. Sure. Yeah, it. it's pretty cool. I've been keeping up on, like, ghost, uh, ghost TV shows and everything on Amazon. There's a couple I've been watching. Nice. <laughs> Mostly it's been, like, 80s. Movies. Uh, I have to ask, are you a Marvel or DC fan?
1: Oh, Marvel, hands down, all the way. Like, <laughs> d- no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually do like reading um, a bunch of different comic books, Image, uh, Oni Press, and so on, but but I'm a Marvel guy through and through.
0: I was DC as a kid. Batman, he was my favorite. Sure. Michael Keaton. Oh, and Ghostbusters. <laughs>
1: yeah no i mean they're they're great stories uh you you know no matter what you go with and uh, i think you know people definitely resonate with with different characters and different stories for different reasons
0: what do you have plans for after the slants what you gonna do start a new band or just entrepreneur
1: i'm I'm probably gonna relax a bit (laughs) take a small break and kind of figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, you know, I'll probably continue writing and and still doing music production work. So one of the other things that I'm, you know, that I kind of mentioned I was working on was div- writing music for uh, a Broadway musical. So that's gonna eat up a ton of time, just helping develop that story and, and making sure the music's a great fit for that. Um, that's that's probably gonna t- I'll be able to like dedicate more time to it now, so, so that'll be nice.
0: You have to let me know when that happens. I might have to take a jaunt to check it out.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We-, we can have a big party in New York.
0: <laughs> My fiance doesn't like musicals, so it'll probably just be me if I can make it out there
1: hey well well, i think yeah i would like to say that it's probably something for everyone like it it's gonna have a little bit more rock and roll than your traditional like musical so and and we're trying to make it more fun and lighthearted too so uh, because i'm a huge fan of like kind of more fun and lighthearted musicals like um the book of mormon and and things
0: like that Yeah. I haven't got the chance to check out Book of Mormon.
1: Oh, you you should. I mean it's one of my I know, favorite uh, musicals. It's it's just hilarious and so much fun.
0: I watched one on YouTube, it was called Home Street Home. It was by um FX's lead singer. And it was just like gutter kids living in like poverty and it was just a group of kids with like a mom figure taking care of them, and it brought tears to your eyes when you were hearing the music play and them singing like one of them is a cutter and she's just down on her luck and they all go and help her out and keep her safe from her dad that's a cop that just terrorizes her and everything it's pretty cool Um, I should find the YouTube link, if I can find it still. A buddy of mine had it downloaded. We watched it on his laptop, on the TV. And I was just in awe.
1: I bet. That sounds...
0: Like, it brings so many feels.
1: Yeah, it sounds really powerful. I mean, you know, and that's one of the things that I do like about musicals. Like, yeah, some of them can be cheesy, but when they're done right, it can really bring out, like, a lot of amazing stories and
0: emotions. For sure. Um... You have you watched any of the Star Wars movies lately?
1: Uh, yeah. My, I, I mean, Star Wars is probably my favorite uh, film franchise as a kid. So, so it's been uh, interesting watching
0: the new ones. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of um, the Last Jedi?
1: <laughs> I thought it was okay. I I thought it was like a the longest, slow moving chase scene, and uh, with a really, really big unnecessary like side story but <laughs> but it, you know it was entertaining at the very least
0: yeah that that slow chase scene kind of drew out the movie and it didn't need to like they could have stopped that and just shot all the ships down or just hit all the pods and like set them on a autopilot and just kept the ship going and made them think that the pods for the people and just zip on out instead but know. Sure. Um,
1: <laughs> i think there's a lot that they could have done but i mean really it just felt like an in-between movie that was just right. meant to set up the the, the, the next and kind of final one of this the storyline
0: have you watched any of the trailers for the, the new uh rise of skywalker yet
1: yeah yeah definitely you know, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it when it comes out. I don't know if it'll be like immediate, like right when it's done, but um, you know, when when I can get to it, I'll, I'll definitely check it out.
0: I'm definitely going midnight showing that fr- Friday <laughs> right after work. I'm going grab my son and just get my ticket and just sitting at home waiting for midnight.
1: Yeah, uh, it just for me it depends on where I am in the in the world. If if I can, Uh, I did that for uh, Avengers Endgame when I was I was on tour when it when it came out and I um, watched it somewhere in Wisconsin, uh, which was nice because it wasn't as crowded.
0: What did you think of Endgame?
1: Oh, I loved it. I I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, I, I was just a huge fan of the MCU to begin with. But just uh, watching how they tied all of it together and what, what I thought was going to be like a really, really tough challenge because of just how many storylines and characters that it ought to wrap up, um, I thought they did a really nice job.
0: I loved the movie. My son, he watched it and he was just like, eh, it was good. I'm like, you little turd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you'll appreciate loved, it later it on.
0: Marvel. Yeah, he loves Marvel. Like I bought him Captain America's shield and he was like chucking it around. He's got Thor's hammer. Luckily it was foam. He'd come up and beat me with it. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's he's a little terror. He's like uh getting too old now. Like it sucks. Well that's, He's that's... like seven now.
1: That's what happens, and I mean, they grow like like puppies.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but like blink of an eye, he's like from little baby to like a seven year old, and I'm just like, like where the hell did the time go? I don't understand it. It sucks. I wish he was a little kid still. I could pick him up and not like throw my back. Yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I get it.
0: Um uh, that's all I have, actually. Anything else uh, that you can comment on for where everybody can find out anything from The Slants or what's going on?
1: Well, if, if people want to see our kind of final tour schedule, uh, I usually keep the most up-ta- up-to-date list on Facebook, so just go facebook.com slash The Slants. And for folks who want to follow... Uh, my personal journey. Uh, I'm at Simon the Tam on pretty much every
0: social. Hi, that sounds good. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. Hi, thanks for talking with me, Simon. Thanks so for having me. Do... Thanks for joining up and giving the interview.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: We'll have to get in touch if I get to check out one of your shows either in Kansas City or hopefully closer. I thought about getting a hold of you guys for one of the uh, anime cons here in Peoria, but I think it's already passed. I think it happened last month. I was kind of sad. They are coming.
2: Farewell.
1: The white
2: wizard approaches. My brave puppets
0: can't thank Simon enough for coming on and talking to us. Thank you again, Simon. I'm gonna leave you guys with The Slants, born in the USA. Bruce Springsteen covered by The Slants. Oh, and remember guys... The Force will be with you. Always.
1: This song was actually suggested to us from a good friend, that our publicist, who, who, who's been telling me for years that we ought to play it, and I thought, there's probably no place more appropriate than than the ACLU because it is a patriotic song, uh, but it's also a criticism of the things happening in the country, yes. and as I know you like to say, there's like a sign hanging out back here that says, "Dissent is patriotic, and I think uh, that, that could be like our band's slogan right now, it <laughs> feels like. <laughs> Us too, sounds about right. Thank you guys all so much for being here and joining us in the office, giving us an hour away from our desks. We have an amazing time <laughs> with you. Um, and why don't you finish us off with a, the with a anthem not just to uh, patriotism, but to making the world the place we did.
2: down in a dead man's town the first kick I took was when I hit the ground and a block like a dog that's been to be too much till you spend half your life just covering up born in a year downtown, so they put a rifle in my hand, sent me off to a foreign land, to go and kill the yellow man, born in the U.S.A.
1: Like them on Facebook, and let's all hope they win their case at the Supreme Court.